The older I get, the more I realize there are just some things I don't know. Balancing a budget, for example. I'm not a financial whiz. Sure, I know batting averages, passing and rushing yards, three-point shooting percentage. But intentionally putting away money for retirement? That's where my friends at NerdWallet's Smart Money Podcast come in. NerdWallet's trusted financial journalists use fact-based reporting for some much-needed clarity in the financial world, helping you make smarter decisions with your money. The nerds have helped me get smarter about things like planning my tax bills so I don't dread April every single year. Actually, I was one of the first in line this time around. Saving on travel so that I can take my girls on trips. Because spending less on airfare means more money for an extra night and maybe a fancy dinner too. So enjoy the things you love, the Ole Miss Rebels, your family, your friends, knowing that your financial situation is taken care of with advice that you followed from NerdWallet's Smart Money Podcast. Listen to NerdWallet's Smart Money Podcast on your favorite podcast app today. Trust me, future you will thank you. You're listening to Talk of Champions, an Ole Miss Spirit podcast with Ben Garrett. It's up, it's up, it's up, it's up, it's up. This is Talk of Champions. I'm Ben Garrett at Spirit Ben on Twitter, and the guest co-host chair is Colin Brister. I guess I enjoyed him so much. I had to bring him back as quickly as possible. Maybe because Marshall Henderson is today's guest on the Modern Women phone line. The only person I could think of that would be perfect in the lead up to Marshall would be Colin. Hey, buddy, what's up? Not much, not much. So so me and Marshall on the same playing field is what you're saying. He's your favorite player ever. That is factual. What's your favorite Marshall memory? Oh, my God. My favorite personal Marshall Henderson memory was when I was covering him in the NCAA tournament. Back then, he didn't really know me. All he knew me as was a face in the media swarm that would surround him wherever he went. So it was the NCAA tournament. Ole Miss had just beaten Wisconsin. Every media person in attendance there in Kansas City, be it local, national, you name it, had surrounded Marshall. And he was just stream of conscious, spouting out all kinds of nonsense. He'd been exposed to a national audience, and I brought up to him his Twitter followers had grown from X number to this number in a matter of days, and it was some (laughs) huge, ridiculous number. And he looked at me, hat crooked, and said, that's really weird of you, man. (laughs) Like I was a creep. (laughs) Everybody else points to Auburn and to the Vanderbilt 30-foot shot gator chomping all of that but for me that's my marshall moment my favorite was when he came in after they had beaten georgia when they had no business beating georgia like i think they georgia blew like an eight point lead in like a minute and a half and marshall just walks into the press conference he's like if it's all the same i'm out yeah <laughs> just it didn't answer questions he was fine i was in that press room he walks in sits down it's saturday night the bars are hopping yeah. i'm out and he hopped up <laughs> and he left <laughs> Do you think when uh, he left, like, AK's alcohol consumption went down? Oh, no, no, no. AK loved alcohol and still does. <laughs> it just increased. It wasn't the same. It went back to pre-Marshall levels. I think there was two levels of Andy Kennedy drinking. I think there was pre-Marshall and post-Marshall. <laughs> oh, God. That was an experience. 13 and 14 was good times in Ole Miss basketball. It really was. 
in all honesty, after years and years of competitive basketball, certainly relevancy within the conference, Marshall took Ole Miss to a national brand of basketball. You had him being interviewed by Charles Barkley on CBS. You had everyone in college basketball debating whether or not he was good for college basketball. I'll never forget, I had to do a live CBS debate with John Rothstein (laughs) from my dining room in Mississippi, and I was arguing how Marshall was good for the game. He was arguing how he was not good for the game. I kicked John's ass. On, On TV. Yeah. In front of God and everybody. That team was so like, I don't, I don't want to say weird, but they gelled well together and that you got Marshall and Reggie that are kind of high strung. And then you had Jarvis and Nick who were, who were kind of laid back. And then Murphy just needed to kick anybody's ass. He'd do it. Nick Williams was the sheriff. He ran things. Yeah. Murphy was the muscle. Marshall was the cartoon that everyone had to watch <laughs> out for and, and kind of keep wrangled and not allow him to go too far outside of himself. Reggie was the shithead. And Jarvis was the old man. That was, in essence, that team. Jarvis was the old man as a true freshman. Yep. He was an (laughs) old man in everything he did. He played at a dead man's pace. He was hurt like an old man. Yes. He's going to run whatever version of the Turner Center in whatever city that he lives in when he's like 40, 50. (laughs) He's going to kill it. God. That was fun. That was fun back then. Marshall Henderson's the guest on Talk of Champions today, if you haven't realized. So he's coming up in about 10, 15, 20 minutes. I don't know. But he'll join us on the Modern Women phone line. This is Talk of Champions. If you haven't already, subscribe, rate, review Talk of Champions in iTunes. Also available in SoundCloud and should be wherever you get your podcast. Just simply search Talk of Champions. I write for the Ole Miss Spirit. OMSpirit.com, an affiliate of 247 Sports. Okay, for you, what are you most paying attention to in Ole Miss Sports this week? It's got to be Ole Miss and Arkansas State basketball, right? If the Ole Miss-New Mexico State football game matters at some point, then we've got a whole other discussion on our hands. So uh, it's it's got to be the basketball game on Friday night. I feel uh, that, that there's going to be a lot more eyes on that basketball game than there will be the football game, considering LSU and Alabama are kicking off at the same time. There wasn't a great crowd for the Mississippi College exhibition, but I've been there for all of those exhibitions going back to 2006. And of all of those exhibition games, that was the best crowd. That's not saying much because a lot of people weren't there. But when anybody is showing up for an exhibition for Ole Miss basketball, let alone a crowd that you could actually hear them, that says something about the enthusiasm for Ole Miss basketball right now. Now, I want people to temper their expectations. And I say that not because Ole Miss is lacking in talent. They certainly have talent. But you could tell watching the Mississippi College game in which Ole Miss won 69-43 to there's still a lack of cohesiveness. And while the pieces look nice, it's going to take a little bit for them to gel together. Yeah. Look, it's a bunch of guys that haven't played together for a long period of time. Um, Brian and obviously Devontae have that chemistry, but I mean, you're, you're incorporating you guys like C and Rodriguez Crowley. I mean, those type of guys and, you know, uh, Henson obviously not playing right now. So yeah, it's going to take a little bit. I, I think there's a chance that, Maybe one of these games that everybody just kind of looks at as a win or, you know, competitive and Ole Miss has to play in the last four minutes to win. But I think that, you know, that's just working out the kinks in, in, in the non-conference schedule. They're going to drop some early games in the non-con. That's my prediction. And Ole Miss fans will act like Ole Miss fans do. They'll freak out. Oh, God. Football sucked. <laughs> Baseball disappointed in the spring. They're going to disappoint in the spring again. Here's basketball taking a step back. 
slow down. It's going to take them some time. I think once the conference season rolls around, they're going to be clicking pretty well. I think role definition for this team is yet to be defined. Like an Austin Crowley doesn't know yet what his role is supposed to be. And you can only be taught that so much in practice. Kermit Davis can only beat it into your brain so much if you're Hadim C, what he wants you to be. And that's protecting the rim, being that athletic finisher around the rim. There was one sequence during the Mississippi College game where Devontae Shuler drove and finally found a roller, which he consistently missed over and over in that game. But Hadim C rolled and he had a defender close out on him, but rather than finish, he tried to finessely, if that's even a word, go up and <laughs> score. And you heard Kermit yell at him, score the ball, score the ball. And what he meant is go up with your size and your strength and finish that. Don't yeah. worry about the defender. Go up, dunk it, get to the rim, get to the free throw line. And that's something that Hadim's going to have to learn through playing other teams. There's going to be some bumps along the way. Arkansas State, Ole Miss is going to win that game. But it's not going to be flawless against Butler. It's not going to be flawless at Memphis. It's not going to be flawless when they take on teams the caliber of Penn State. You're not going to surprise me if they go to Brooklyn and go 0-2. Probably won't be surprised if they go 2-0 either. It's just going to take a little bit of time, like you said. This team's new. You've got got two experienced guys as as your guards. That's good, but... You're, you're incorporating your new front court, and, and these guys are talented, but, man, you, you don't just roll out of bed playing well. you got to go through some games. you got to go through some trial and error, and uh, they will. And, and Kermit's a really good basketball coach. They're, oh, yeah. they're going to be fine. I mean, it just it, – the record may not be what Ole Miss fans want it to be when they roll into the SEC. The good thing about it is the SEC is going to give you plenty of opportunities this year. Before we really get going here on Talk of Champions with Colin Brister and Marshall Henderson, let me first tell you about my bookie – and impact by Ironwood. Are you the type of fan that knows football so well that you could choose any game and call it? Well, my bookie is the place for you because they let you turn all your sports knowledge into cash in your wallet. Between football season, the NBA, and the start of college basketball season, it's time to get off the sideline and get in on the action with my bookie. If you're the kind of person who likes to bet a little to win a lot, try a parlay. For instance, you like a couple of the big favorites this week. Parlays are perfect because they let you bet multiple games together for a much bigger payout. So if you're going to bet this season, do the smart thing and go to mybookie.ag because no one gives you more ways to win. And if you join right now, mybookie will match your deposit halfway, all the way up to $1,000. That means if you deposit $2,000 right now, you get an extra $1,000 in free money to play with. Just use the promo code TOC, TOC for Talk of Champions, to activate the offer. Once again, that's promo code TOC to take advantage of MyBookie's generous sign-up offer. Visit MyBookie.ag today. You play, you win, you get paid. Business owners, did you know you can support Ole Miss Athletics every time you accept a debit or credit card payment? That's right. Impact by Ironwood offers the best debit and credit card payments processing tools around, and they'll donate a portion of their profits to the Ole Miss Athletics Foundation in your name. The best part, you don't have to spend an extra dime to get exclusive member benefits, earn donor priority points, and support your Ole Miss Rebels. To learn more, call 1-833-GO-TEAMS. That's 1-833-GO-TEAMS. Or go to www.impactolemiss.com. That's impactolemiss.com. Make a difference. Make an impact. I have them at 21 wins right now. That's a one-game improvement over last year. Went 20-13 and 13 last year, and immediately fans will go, oh, 21, that's not much better. 
it can be based off the yeah. wins and how the team plays. And once they get to the postseason, Ole Miss basketball by the end of last year had given everything it had. Blake Henson admitted it to me. I asked him about it. They ran out of gas. Now they have depth. So this team, while it might be only a one-game improvement in the regular season and the SEC tournament, I think by the end of the year, if they make the NCAA tournament, which I think they will, then Ole Miss will be better prepared to step into the NCAA tournament and make a run. Unlike last year, the accomplishment of getting there was good enough. That Oklahoma game kind of felt like kind of similar in football to the Peach Bowl, where they just had nothing left. Yeah, well, in the Peach Bowl, they were also banged up like crazy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And Bo I'm Wallace saying. was on this podcast a couple of weeks ago. I told him straight up, I honestly felt bad for you. Oh, I God. feared for you because Bo was by himself. Laramie was hurt. Yep. Laquan Vince was banged hurt. up. There was nothing he could do. He said the first play, <laughs> they did like a bootleg rollout, and he gets hit in the mouth, and he knew, oh, my God, this is going to be a really, really <laughs> long day. <laughs> and you were hoping if you're an Ole Miss fan that day that you were going to get the TCU team that didn't care. Yeah. Oh, God. You did not. You absolutely did not. I oh. wonder if Gary Patterson, it's time for him to move. What, six and six, seven and five every year at TCU now, yeah. it feels like? Who kind of wants him? But like, I mean, I'm, hey, look, he could get another job, but he's he's not getting any younger. And the TCU days kind of feel kind of like they're over. He didn't strike when the iron was hot if he was ever going to really move. Right. But coaches yeah. get to this point, though, where they were a really hot candidate for every job opening and don't take it, kind of get stuck in the rut at their current school and decide, you know what, it's time for a change. Let me just go oh. somewhere else. And he'd get a good job wherever he wanted to go. I don't think he would get a preeminent job. Like, I don't think Gary Patterson is a is, candidate for Florida State. Right. But if you're Arkansas, do you go try to throw a lot of money at a guy like him? Hell yeah. Yeah, that's kind of what I'm thinking. That just coming to my mind when you mentioned that. That's exactly what I'd do. Yeah. If you're Ole Miss, you would take that chance. But the deal with Ole Miss is Matt Luke's going to be back for next year. I'm pretty yeah. convinced by that. Yep. There's now, not an AD here. Well, an AD is going to be hired well before Thanksgiving. Okay. The only way I see Matt Luke not being here next year, it should never come to this. I've yep. said it before, but it's true. The only way he's not here next year, in my opinion, is if they go to Starkville and get their ass kicked. Yeah, lose by 30. And to be honest with you, Yes, Matt Luke has yet to win any of the games that have been winnable for him. If he loses the Egg Bowl, he'll be 3-15 and against the SEC West in his last 18. That's bad. But for this year, just in a vacuum, in my opinion, the rot is in the offense, in Rich Rodriguez and Jack Bicknell. I don't think that Rich Rodriguez has his fastball anymore. Like, look, I don't care about going hard after kids. Of course they should be coached hard. And everyone enjoyed it in the spring. But when you're three and six and midway through the year, after a game you're in the locker room just dog cussing everybody, calling out players by name, saying how they're not worth nothing. Players that, if I told you their names, very important to the future of the program, then we got a problem. I feel like we're breaking some news here. A little bit. I'm not saying any names. Matt Luke has done... I think a good job the last week or so of calming some of that stuff down because there have been some complaints and it's not that they're soft to use the vernacular of the current president of the United States. These aren't snowflakes. These aren't parents of kids wanting a safe space or whatever stupid stuff that everyone throws around these days. At some point enough is enough. These aren't kids. Okay. They are adults. 
some of which are 20, 21 years old, to dog cuss them, you're going to lose that team. And I think that's been relayed in many respects to Matt. And I think Matt's done a good job of going to coaches and basically saying, guys, this is not the way that this can continue to be. You can't afford to lose more kids if you're old mess. Like everybody just kind of scoffs at these transfers and says, oh, the transfer portal is what it is. Man, they're losing depth. And, and if they continue to lose kids, I, I don't really know where this program's going if, if you if you got more kids running to the transfer portal. And the sounds of it, it doesn't exactly sound like your offensive coordinator is helping from that perspective. And I'll be honest, he's surely not helping in a play from a play calling perspective. He called 19 consecutive first down runs on Saturday. I mean, my God. And it's more than predictability. I just don't think Rich Rod has it anymore. We've got to talk frankly here. We did it about Matt Luke last week. We've got to talk frankly about all this stuff. This is big boy football. Rich Rod will be fine. Doesn't matter what Ben Garrett says on a stupid podcast. He'll be fine. And quite frankly, like I've said on this podcast a number of times already, I feel he's got one foot out the door. And it wouldn't shock me in the least by this time next year and some fans will be disappointed because it feels like Ole Miss is just having a revolving door at offensive coordinator, but it wouldn't surprise me if Rich Rod is gone and Will Hall's your offensive coordinator next year. Quite frankly, I think it could get down the road pretty quick. Yeah, it was down the road about this time last year. Here's yeah. what happened with that last year. I guess we're just talking about everything, airing everything up. <laughs> Rich Rod comes in for his visit with Matt Luke, right? It's yeah. a big name. Will Hall was going to be the hire. But he wanted to wait. He'd taken the Tulane job, wanted to do right by Tulane. The timing was a little off, but Rich Rod comes in. Ross Bjork, now the athletics director at Texas A&M, effectively tells Matt Luke, do you really want to wait on Will Hall when you got Rich Rod in the can right now? And Matt Luke made a decision. But maybe Will Hall would have turned it down out of some type of loyalty to Tulane. I doubt it. Doubt it. My question would then become, and, and I think I know the answer, is it better to have Will Hall over Rich Rodriguez versus having three coordinators in three years for this offense. I just do wonder. I worry about the three coordinators in three years. And here's my thing. If you're Matt Luke and you're worried about Rich Rod leaving or, or you're going to make a move there, don't you make, need to make sure you do everything possible to keep Matt Corral on the Yes, campus? and that was going to be my next point. Matt Corral is not going to be here next year if Rich Rod's the offensive coordinator. I don't think it has anything to do specifically with Matt Corral and Rich Rod having some type of beef so much as how in the world can Matt Corral look at the situation as it stands currently and think he has a future here with Rich Rodriguez? If you got a new offensive coordinator in, you probably have a good chance of holding on to Matt Corral because he knows, well, under a new offensive coordinator, I have a chance to compete, get a real shot at the starting job. Because John Rice Plumley is a good player. I still don't think we know anything about who he is as a passer because they're terrified to find out. Yeah. That all comes into play. You got parents mad. You got coaches disagreeing with each other. <laughs> and you've got transfer possibilities that you have to consider. And I still have been very critical of Matt Luke, a proponent of if he's not your guy, if it's all about one game and, the, and that game is the Egg Bowl, you make the move now. You get rid of him, hire your dude. But if he's going to be the guy going into next year, he's going to be coaching for his job. Get your offensive coordinator in here. Don't worry about anything else. And get rid of the rot in your program. And I feel like most of the rot's coming on the offensive side. If the offense is just competent over the last two games, they, Ben, they win both games. 
but to your Matt Corral point, I think the message was clear, first of all, when he didn't play in the second half against Auburn. But, Ben, they had to go 70 yards in 70 seconds against Auburn with no timeout. And he didn't and play. And they put the kid in that they don't trust to throw the football down the field. If that's not your answer, if you're Matt Corral, then I don't know what is. You're not going to play under Rich Rodriguez. They've made this decision. I think it's frankly disingenuous that they put him in there at all because they know what they want to do. I don't think they're playing a two-quarterback system because they want to. I think they're playing a two-quarterback system because they're trying to do a little bit to maybe keep Corral. I agree. Matt Corral's gone from having the body language of the super-duper teammate to what he should justifiably be, and that's frustrated as hell. And I don't blame him. I'd be mad, too. You're the one that took him to SEC media days and said he was the future of the program, and now he's a forgotten man. We don't even know what Matt Corral is as a quarterback, and I feel like they're not utilizing him offensively or most of the talent at their disposal in a way that gives Ole Miss a regular opportunity to win. And it goes far beyond Matt Corral. Jerry on Ely only getting like, what, four and a half touches a game? It's absurd. I think he got 14 against Auburn. So he rushed well, that's because Scotty got hurt. And yeah, because Scotty got hurt. Jerry on should be running the ball at least eight times a game and catching the ball at least, what, six? Yeah, Ole Miss yeah. ran one screen play against Auburn. That's- the first screen pass I think that they've run in four straight games. And it's like they ran it on the first play to go, hey, look, we worked on it, and then never ran it again. Because God forbid you try it again if it doesn't work. You have no problem trying to run the ball every single time on first down to see if it works, even when it doesn't. But you had a screen pass, which you should be dynamic with, with a quarterback you don't trust to throw the ball down the field. It doesn't work once, and you scrap it. I don't even know what Ole Miss's offensive identity is. We all knew that Matt Luke wanted a run-heavy variation of the spread. He's gotten that to a point, but honestly, they're more Georgia Tech triple option than they are a run variation of the spread. They're a triple option team that's in the shotgun. That's all this is. Has John Rice Plumley thrown a pass this year? And I'm being serious here. Has he thrown a pass this year that's not A, a fade, or or B, a roll right? I don't think so. I mean, what passes has he truly attempted, designed passes over the middle of the field? And you can blame the players all you want. At some point... The responsibility falls on you to scheme those kids open. Where are the rub routes? Routes that run one defender into another and allows a guy to get open in a flat that can turn, what, a four-yard gainer into maybe 12, 13, 14. There's none of that. You see it in the NFL every Sunday. You don't think that John Rice Plumley can accurately throw a ball to the flat? Then why does he play? Then why does he play? That's why I'm not convinced that he's a terrible passer. Does he obviously have accuracy issues? Well, yeah, anybody with eyes can see that. But it's more than that. What are you doing to help him? Nothing. Running the ball 19 straight times on first down? Who does that do anything for? Before that answer from Colin, let me tell you quickly about Alan Samuels Chrysler Dodge Jeep Ram of Oxford, a proud sponsor of Talk of Champions. Don't look now, but the holiday season is almost upon us. That special time of year to spend with family and friends and that includes spoiling your loved ones. And what better way to spoil them than with a new car? Now the car buying process, no one loves it. That's why the only place to go, the only place I've ever gone, is Alan Samuels Chrysler Dodge Jeep Ram of Oxford, a proud sponsor of Talk of Champions. And there are numerous reasons why drivers choose Alan Samuels of Oxford. They proudly serve Oxford, Batesville, New Albany, Sinatobia, Memphis, and their teams of sales advisors, service technicians, and financing experts are trained with one focus in mind, 
addressing each of your needs with the utmost respect, care, and attention to detail. And that means you can expect to learn all of the features of the specific new Ram 1500, 2500, Jeep Wrangler Unlimited, Dodge Charger, or Chrysler Pacifica you're interested in in the market for a used car. Their team will be happy to fill you in on each of the reliable options in their inventory. And when the time comes for you to drive home your next car, their auto finance team is standing by with solutions to fit your individual needs. Alan Samuels of Oxford truly has every one of your automotive needs covered. The only question left now is how they can best serve you. To take advantage of any one or more of the services Alan Samuels Chrysler Dodge Jeep Ram of Oxford provides, be sure to contact them today at 662-638-0044. That's 662-638-0044. You can stop by and see them in person at 2201 East University Avenue. That's just past Kroger. Alan Samuels Chrysler Dodge Jeep Ram of Oxford for your next perfect car, truck, or Jeep. I did appreciate in uh, Rich Rod's postgame, they asked him what made you have the decision to play John Rice the whole second half. And he said that they had Matt ready to go, but that Auburn was doing some things that made him want to keep Plumlee on the field. I wanted to ask, like, like what? What in the world is Auburn doing that makes you think that this offense is going to be successful against them? My whole deal with questions like that is it's the right question to ask. The answer is never sufficient. No. And I don't know if that's by design because Rich Rod hates the media. That's true. Good God, that's evident. Yeah, he hates the media, and he doesn't want to give away anything. But when you're three and six, and everyone's praising the defense because Mike McIntyre has done God's work back there, don't you need to have a little bit of transparency? Or maybe he's at the point in his career, and this goes back to not having his fastball to where he doesn't even care. He doesn't feel like he has to answer to anybody. There was always the chance that the Rich Rod experiment was going to go poorly. It was a home run hire when they made it on paper. Ole Miss should have beaten teams like Texas A&M, maybe not Missouri because they played pretty poorly overall, but certainly Memphis, certainly Cal. Hell, I can make an argument for Auburn if offensively they were even remotely competent. Somebody asked, and I don't think it's an unfair question, but is it to a point where Phil Longo was demonized by this fan base? I don't think Rich Rod's that much better right now. Well, you know I'm never going to defend Phil Longo. No, I'm not either, but I don't know if he's that much worse than Rich Rodriguez. I would agree with that. I like Phil personally. Phil is a really great guy. So I feel bad when I really go after him and make fun of him. It just didn't work, but their failings came in the red zone. Ole Miss's offense this year, its failings are pretty much everywhere. (laughs) Save for running the the football as a quarterback. John Rice Plumlee has broken the single-season record for rushing yards by a quarterback formerly held by Jeremiah Masoli as a true freshman. And that sounds great. Yeah. But when you look everywhere else, not so great. And if you're a wide receiver in this team right now, how are you feeling? If you're how, Jonathan I, Mingo, if you're Danish Jackson, how are you yeah. feeling? How you recruit these receivers right now? How do you do that? They're doing a good job of wide receiver recruiting, but it's going to become an issue sooner rather than later. Anybody with eyes can see that the receivers are not part of the offense. It's going to become a problem as well with your current roster. Jonathan Mingo did not come here to catch three passes in his first season. There's nothing to scheme them open. Ben, if I had told you what Ole Miss's defense was going to do before the season right now, what would you say their record is? Bowl eligible, 6-6. and Easy. Yeah, and they're not going to be bowl eligible. They keep saying the 5-7 and APR thing. Okay, I guess that's possible, but... I guess real quick on that, you go to a bowl, right, if, if that happens. You take the invite, right? I mean, of course you take the invite, but oh, my God. 
<laughs> I'm really curious. How would the fan base respond to that? Yeah, because it's not going to be like people need to understand if that happens, it's not going to be like the Liberty Bowl. Like, buddy, it's you're not going to be like the Compass Bowl in the first nah. year of freeze when they got to six and six and got into that. They packed out Birmingham. You're going to the Gasparilla Bowl in like Boca Raton or something. No one would go to that. No, there would be like 500 tickets sold. What's the reward in that? Oh, God. Do you know how much they'd spend that, though? Oh, no shit. <laughs> they would, and if they win, like they beat, I don't know, Bowling Green or something, oh, they'll spend that so much. I hope Matt has tremendous success. I really do. He's going to be the head coach next year if yep. I had to bet on it. There is a chance he's not, but I'll tell you this. If Keith Carter gets the AD job, Matt Luke's going to be the head coach next year. Agreed. If John Hartwell gets the job, he's probably going to be the head coach next year. Now, John Hartwell loves Dave Aranda. <laughs> Charlie Hussey, I have no idea. If you're banking on a coaching change this year, you're going to be disappointed, I think, yeah. unless a change comes at offensive coordinator. And you might argue, well, you're just patching up a bullet hole with a Band-Aid. Maybe, but if this is what it's going to be, do you not want Matt Luke to at least take his shot? Mike McIntyre was a great hire. Rich Rod, I think there were other forces at play. Great hire on paper. We all praised it, and I think justifiably so. Hadn't worked. And we do know that Matt Luke's number one target for offensive coordinator in the offseason was Will Hall. And I think Will Hall this time next year if they make a move, will be the offensive coordinator. But I don't know if this situation with Rich Rod has not gotten to the point where it's untenable. Do you think Ole Miss would fund a $3 million buyout to buy out an offensive coordinator? That I don't know. I this is Talk of Champions. I'm Ben Garrett at Spirit Ben on Twitter. He's Colin Brister at Colin Brister. If you haven't already, subscribe, rate, review Talk of Champions in iTunes. Also available in SoundCloud. Just simply search Talk of Champions. It's time now to go to all-time Ole Miss basketball great Marshall Henderson, who joins us on the Modern Women phone line. You've walked this path many times before. It's a chance to think, especially about your future. How will you turn your retirement dreams into reality? Will you have enough gold for your golden years? Your choices for building funds for retirement can be complicated. Fortunately, you have a friend in the community who can help you make the right decisions. That's your Modern Woodman agent. Your agent is a skilled professional who will listen to your needs and desires and then work with you to create a plan that uses the right financial products to achieve your retirement goals. Build a lasting professional relationship with a trusted financial advisor. Hi, this is Thomas Chandler, your local Modern Woodman representative. Give me a call today at 662-296-0186. Let's make a difference together. Hotty toddy and go Rebs. Get in touch with your agent today. Modern Woodman of America. Touching lives, securing futures. Henderson on a steamer. Three on two. Henderson for three. Got it. Henderson. Double clutch three. Wow. Look at that. Marshall Henderson tries a three. Got a three. Hello. Oh, my goodness. What a play. He fouled from Henderson. This is Talk of Champions. I'm Ben Garrett at Spirit Ben on Twitter. Joining me now on the Modern Woodman phone line, 
Ole Miss basketball great Marshall Henderson. College basketball season is back. Who would be the perfect person to call to talk college basketball as the year gets started? It's Marshall. Marshall, what's up, man? What's up, Ben? How's it going? How you doing? What's going on with you right now? I'm great. I just got my uh, my first coaching job, uh, assistant coach at Thomas University, and uh, it's in Thomasville, Georgia, South Georgia, which is it's the South. Um, it's like uh, it's about 30 minutes north of Tallahassee, um, so pretty close to Florida. Uh, I got. I had a you know couple of connections. Uh, Bill Armstrong, obviously, who was a coach at Ole Miss, um, hooked me up with a guy. Got me got me out here. Um, uh, so I'm I'm a, like a full time assistant. I'm recruiting. I'm coaching. I'm 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 training the players. And uh, you know now now the season started. Get scouting. Lots of scouting. So uh, and I'm having a blast with it. It's so much fun. What is Marshall Henderson in a recruit's home like? Oh, well, you know, just basically telling them when you're, you know, well, at, at this point, um, you know, the coach that the coach I worked for, he was a D1 assistant for a long time at like Florida Atlantic and San Francisco. And the other assistant coach that I work with, he was the school's all time leading scorer uh, here at Thomas. And so, uh, Right now, I'm telling. Hey, look, we, uh, you got guys uh, that have been at a high level and have succeeded, and, and we know what we're talking about. Very highly motivational. Um, you're gonna come here, and we're gonna play really hard. We're gonna play really intense. Um, we're, we're we're gonna be up in your up in your crap. Uh, Forty minutes uh, of the game, and you know we take we take care of the players. We we're we. You know, for me and me and the other assistant coach, we're, we still think we are players. <laughs> this is both our first year doing it. So, you know, we're transitioning, but we still we still think we're players. We get out there and play with them. And, you know, we had just have a lot of experience that we're able to, to, to tell these young guys, you know, when they come to college. Is it hard for you in practice to cut off what you're used to doing, which is going out there, putting up shots? Now you're a coach. You're the one putting them through drills. But for you, being mm-hmm. the gunner that you are, when you get a ball in your hands, you want to put it up, right? Oh yeah, absolutely. I mean, we've uh, we've even reverted to to I, I, I've done some scout team. <laughs> I'm like, all right, look, guys, listen to me while I'm coaching you, but I'm also I'm gonna be this guy on their team <laughs> uh, just just to give a just to give a better look, um, you know, because our, our the the scout team guys that we have. They're young, they're freshmen. They haven't really, and we just started it. We've only had two games, and so they haven't really grasped um, the understanding of, of a scout team player trying to trying to I- emulate the the player from the other team and do, you know kind of run their offense or their defense. And so, you know, I, I know that I know how to do that. So I'm like, well, here I'll go ahead and be like the the team we just played. I I was their go to guy. <laughs> I was like, hey. All right, I'm going to be this guy. Um, but you know, really, a lot of it um, that uh, with the coaching for me is is uh, I, I'm trying to really help it, these guys mentally because uh, we, I mean, we have a we have a player who he he'll probably he'll be all conference. He has the potential to be an All American, and uh, very similar to me. And he's a very dynamic scorer. And 
he gets it, he, he gets in his head a lot. You know, he, he starts breathing really hard and he, uh, he didn't have a, we lost last night and he didn't have a very good game. Uh, I mean, he shot, shot horrible. And I was like, you know, but man, I had those games. I can assure you. I think he was like two for 14. I was like, I had some three for 18. So <laughs> don't worry about that. What I can assure you was the game after that, you didn't want to be the other team. So just go ahead and get yourself ready for Friday. We got another game. Don't worry about it. You know, don't let yourself think about it too hard. Um, but for a lot of it, you know, because the, the, co- the coach that I, I work for, he's intense, very intense. And so um, I just try and come around, you know, be positive, be a positive energy for the guys and um, uh, just keep, keep, keep their minds in the right places and not let them get too down. Um, when they make mistakes and let them know, you know, the next time it comes around, it's your time to shine. For you, the mental side of it's what you really had to learn at Ole Miss. You're right. Mm-hmm. Early in your career, you would miss a handful of shots. You would allow it to bleed into the next shot. And uh, mm-hmm. an 0 for 5 start could turn into 1 for 10. But <laughs> when did you mm-hmm. learn? Because AK always lets you have a green light no matter what. When did you learn mm-hmm. to just keep shooting? Because eventually – for a guy that's going to make volume scoring shots, those balls are going to go in eventually. Yes, definitely. And it's uh, a lot of times it would be something, something would happen. A play would happen and instincts would kick in and I would just kind of forget, um, forget what's going on and, and just the muscle memory of shooting, you know, 5 million shots over the years kicks in and you forget um, you know, I know sometimes in high school, um, before I even got to college, I would kind of have a bashing night and then some guy would like bump me or talk crap to me. And then it would stick me into that, that next gear, that second mindset. And then all of a sudden you forget everything that happens and you go to the, and then just get to the next, to the next layer. Uh, and then it, then it becomes just the muscle memory. And at that point, you know, that's what I, I tell the guys. I'm like, look, dudes, y'all shot hundreds of thousands of jump shots in your day. It's not the shot, you know, it's, it's, it's what you're thinking about. And it, a lot of that goes to the, to the free throw line. We had, we had a player in our first game. He started out 0 for 3 from the line. And as we all know, as basketball players, the free throw line is the worst place in the world where you, you want to be with your missing. <laughs> you, that can be the most, uh, it can, tear you down mentally everyone's staring at you everyone's booing at you your team's like oh what's going on and he and you know we made sure he had to stay focused when the game and the guy wound up making the last eight free throws and I was so proud because I was like man that's that's staying in it mentally and and trying to it's really tough when, when the shot's not going in trying to keep going and and then uh overcome that and so, uh, yeah, I think for me, a lot of times more so than just, you know, more, more so than just keep shooting, it would, something would, ha- would happen that would just kick me into another gear. Was there a play in particular that maybe it was a shot, a three-point make, just seeing one go in, that would be that trigger? What was the trigger for you? Mm-hmm. It could be getting to the free throw line was uh, something that I was able to learn over the, over the, over the years. Um, when the shot's not going, drive, get to the free throw line because hit a couple free throws, and now now you got the stroke, the feels there, the touch is there, and uh, that's uh, one thing that I've kind of told the guys that I'm coaching now. I'm like, hey, the jump shot ain't there, 
drive. And, you know, I, I sit there and think about it and I, I probably as a player should have done that, taken that advice a little more, <laughs> you know, it's like, Oh, well, no, if I just keep shooting, maybe, maybe. Um, but it's definitely, I mean, that's kind of a known thing in basketball now. And it's, it's just trying to get, get to the free throw line, get that touch going. And, and that can really help the outside shot from there. Can you really learn how to drive and score at the basket? Or is that something that you either got or you don't? You can learn. I mean, with practice, you can do anything. But I think you just—it's a mindset. You gotta—you you can see people go in there timid, and they're not going to score. Or you go in there and you're trying to play for contact, and you're not focused on scoring. That—that uh, that plays a lot into it too. And so I know we do some drills where we get some pads out. We have the guys come in for layups, and we'll smash them with the pad. And, you know, we would just kind of teach them when you're going, when you're going to the lane and just don't look at the man that's coming over, look at the goal. Cause that, that, that's, that's the goal. The goal is the goal to make the, the bucket. And when you look at, when you look at uh, other things, may, um, the player, like the help guy or trying to see where you're going to pass it. If you shoot it, your full focus isn't on the rim and that can lead to a miss. And so we just teach them, keep your eyes on the rim when you're driving and uh, that will increase your chances of success. After you left Ole Miss, you went overseas, you played ball, you've been to a lot of different places. It's been a while since you've been on the podcast for those people who don't know where all you've been, where all did you go? I went to, I went to Italy a couple times, Qatar a couple times, um, China, Morocco, and uh, you know, made a pit stop out in Sacramento and, and, and Reno uh, Nevada. And, uh, you know, that was pretty much it. I thought it was, you know, I, it was funny. I thought I was going to be in the G league this past year and it didn't work out. And so got into the coaching thing and I was still kind of like, man, I don't know how I feel about it. And the, uh, first day or the first week of coaching, uh, <laughs> one of our freshman players fell asleep in class and, um, the lady, the, she sent a picture the the teacher she sent a picture to our coach and the 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 kid was a freshman and he was like she's lying <laughs> he said what first off don't ever talk to me talk back to me second off everyone outside we go outside it's like a hundred degrees Georgia heat and there's a little field outside he makes the guys just uh, it's like a hundred uh, about like the size of a football field I guess. And he makes him run all the way down and back. And I turned and looked at uh, uh, Javoris, who's the other assistant coach. I said, you know what? It's at this exact moment that I am content (laughs) with coaching now. Because now I don't actually have to do all of the hard extra work (laughs) with with putting my body through so much, which, I mean, it, it was great. But, like, you know what? Now that it's over, it's okay. You never had that moment then like some former players did to where they realized it was time to hang them up. You still thought you had shots to take. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, I still, I still do, <laughs> but uh, you know, I had, a, I had that, I had all of last year to uh, I kind of prep myself mentally and just kind of, I, I just wish I would have ended on a better note. Um, you know, I had a situation in Italy that happened at the end and uh it just, I wish it would have, I wish I would have had a better taste in my mouth, but I, you know, after, after 
sitting back and looking through it all, you know, I, I was, I was, I'm content. Um, I had a good run and the best thing about it all is that I got out of there injury free. And uh, I didn't, I mean, that's, that was like the main thing that I was telling myself to make myself feel better the last few months, you know, now, Hey, at least you didn't have an injury, you know? And, uh, but now that I'm, now that I'm where I'm at now and starting to, uh, get my coaching career, uh, started. It's, I mean, it's just so much fun to be back around the game of basketball. And, you know, I enjoy watching film and crunching down, crunching down numbers and all that stuff. It's, it's, I mean, because I just love the game of basketball. So now that I'm still around it, around the sport, and uh, getting, it, and it's it's quite fulfilling to be able to uh, kind of drop off some knowledge to the young guys. And you know, some a lot of my a lot of my players saw me play. They were old enough to to remember watching me like at Ole Miss and stuff. And so they have like a, they have some they have respect for me and they listen to me and it, it's. It's it's fulfilling when they when they actually do what you say. <laughs> uh, so it's a lot of fun. What's the best moment that your players now remember about you at Ole Miss? Is it Gator Chomping? Is it Vanderbilt? The NCAA tournament? What do they always ask you about first? They go, man, you went into the crowd crazy talking about Auburn. Yes. <laughs> yes. And I'm like, yeah. Well, if there's anything you know about your coach then you know that we're ready to whoop anyone and we're ready to let them know about it. <laughs> some things change, some things don't. I still got that intense competitive fire about me and I want to instill that into my players. We're never scared of anybody. If someone talks crap, we'll hit them in the mouth and we'll, and, and we'll win the fight and we'll win the game. So, uh, yeah, that's pretty much what I, I've turned that into. <laughs> I've tried to get the security guard from Auburn on this podcast before. I haven't been able to locate him. I have a feeling that the oh, old dude in the front row would never want to come on. He was the one that was most angry. <laughs> yeah, that's just amazing how they got that all on camera. <laughs> yeah. The old guy was like the uh, Arthur Ant meme come to life. <laughs> With the fist? Yeah. That was him. <laughs> He's mad at Marshall. Yeah, that's funny. Your dad was a coach, and you've talked about it before. Mm-hmm. He was really hard on you. Y'all had a very up and down relationship as him being your coach. Did you learn anything? Can you pick up anything? I mean, what kind of coach in comparison to your dad do you think you can be? Ooh, that's tough, man. Uh, <laughs> the, uh, I definitely, I mean, he was really, I mean, he's, he's what you would call old school. Um, you know, very disciplined, very tough, you know, treats this, the players all the same. It doesn't matter if you're the best or the worst. If you messed up, you messed up. And he was going to let you know about it. He, he called you out for everything. Never let anything slide. And uh, as I've, I, you know, gone now, I guess it's been three months now getting into it. I slowly see myself creeping more towards that. I keep telling my players, I'm like, guys, my heart's not black yet. <laughs> <laughs> I'm still trying to sympathize with them sometimes, but uh, you know, when uh, now now I'm starting to see things through. You know, when players are making the same mistakes over and over again and we've been practicing for three months you know you want to just strangle them <laughs> it's like are you not listening <laughs> and so uh it, it, it's uh but i i mean it's still it's still a lot of fun i say it with a smile on my face i'm like come on man like we've been working on this every single day now you should it should be second nature for you to do it and uh you know as i as i've talked to 
some some of my old coaches are like, well, now you're going to be able to, you know, see what it's like, uh, especially wait till you got wait wait till you got to coach a guy like you. <laughs> yeah, that's what I was going to say. Now you know how AK felt with you. Oh yeah, uh, but then, I mean, I talked to some coaches and they're like, yeah, I got this kid with a headache, this kid with a headache. I'm like, well, can he win you a championship? <laughs> and, uh, can he win? We got because uh, I mean, like I'm saying, we have a we have a we have a player who's he's it's amazing that it's my first coaching job and he's a lot like me. Um, I'm not going to say he's like a head case or anything, but he can lose it. <laughs> so uh, he, uh, but he can also win the games, and uh, that it's just it's cool that like right off the bat, I'm already kind of working with somebody who's similar to me. Um, you know, with uh, kind of like emotional and fiery and stuff like that. And so um, that's, I mean, it's, it's great for me to go ahead and start working with somebody like that. And, you know, the head, the coach I worked for, he was like, he's yours. He is, you're, you're with him. And I was like, all right, this will be fun. Um, and at this point it has been. We'll jump right back to Marshall in this edition of Talk of Champions after this brief word from the Lamar, Oxford's first and only traditional neighborhood and Cheney's Pharmacy, two proud sponsors of Talk of Champions. I think we can all agree that Oxford has expanded. Our small little town, the home of the Ole Miss Rebels, is now jam-packed with new developments across the board from housing to restaurants, shops. And while Oxford is bustling like never before, it's made it hard on all of us to find the perfect home in the perfect spot. No one wants to spend three hours going to the grocery store. Fortunately, the Lamar, Oxford's first and only traditional neighborhood, is here for you. An innovative new development brought to you by John Welty Realty. It's just blocks from the historic Oxford Square, offering 48 acres that connects homes and restaurants with arts and businesses, setting a new standard for community living with keen detail to ease and classic elegance. One day you might be hungry. You take a few steps outside your front door, go to the grocery store. Maybe you'll get a drink at the brewery. Maybe spend some time shopping at one of the many offerings that the Lamar will have once development is done. Build-out is happening right now, so get in while you can. The houses are modern, open concept, one-bedroom, two-bedroom. Whatever you're looking for in a home, the Lamar has the perfect spot for you. But you want to learn more, so call John Welty today, 662-638-6710. That's 662-638-6710. Hello at the LamarOxfordMS.com. Hello at the LamarOxfordMS.com. The Lamar is hot, the only place to live in this jam-packed town that we call home, Oxford, Mississippi. The Lamar, Oxford's first and only traditional neighborhood, a proud sponsor of Talk of Champions. When it's football season, all you want to do is be around football. Even when you make your trip to the pharmacy, you want to see Ole Miss. The best pharmacy to go to, the only Ole Miss pharmacy really to go to, is Cheney's Pharmacy for all your pharmaceutical needs. Cheney's offers prescription synchronization, immunizations, compounding, a two-lane drive-thru, and available hours that ensure your needs are met on your own time. Cheney's also accepts all third-party insurance. It's a locally-owned pharmacy that has been in Oxford over 40 years. Cheney's Pharmacy provides the best customer service out there. So give Cheney's a call, 662-234-7221. Or go visit them at 501 Bramlett Boulevard. That's right off of University Avenue. They're open 9 a.m. to 9 p.m. Monday through Saturday and 1 p.m. to 9 p.m. on Sundays. You can find them online, Cheney'sPharmacy.com. And Cheney's Ole Miss is always in season. Cheney's Pharmacy, much more than just a pharmacy. Kind of off topic, but Terrence Davis makes it to the NBA. 
You know, TD, mm-hmm. you've been around this program for so long. You know the work that kid put in. And you've been through that process mm-hmm. um, going through the G League. He had to earn his guaranteed contract from the Raptors through the summer league. Yep. What are your thoughts on mm-hmm. TD getting that opportunity? And what can it mean for Ole Miss to have a player that's on TV every night, recruiting-wise? Ole Miss just hasn't had that mm-hmm. on a regular basis ever. Yep. Yeah, I mean, I knew he was going to have a chance because he had an NBA body and NBA athleticism for sure. I was like, he he's going to have a chance. And then, but to see the work that he put in, because I think his freshman year he averaged like one point a game, and then he like wrote. I mean, that was I think that was his first year he wasn't playing football, which he probably could be in the NFL <laughs> if he would have decided to take that route. You know, some people are just just so incredibly gifted um athletically and he was he's he is one of them and uh he was so much fun to watch uh all those years i was so glad they got to make when they made the tournament uh this year i'm glad that he was able to to make it you know having for having such a great career and um yeah when he i mean he he i think he was on the nuggets summer league team if i'm not mistaken yep and he had like 28 points or something in that first game and then boom there it is. And, you know, that's, that's what's the cool thing about summer league. It's, it's an opportunity and all you need is that, that one good game and, and you'll wind up like him. And so, uh, you know, I, I think that'll be great for recruiting. Um, be able to say that, especially now since we've, uh, since we're moving in the direction of we're trying to be competitively su- successful every single year now at Ole Miss, um, and it'd be, it's, it should be great to, to be able to sustain that. And then, you know, hopefully old Brian Tyree can follow in his footsteps. And now, now we got something going. It's a new world for Ole Miss basketball, one that you helped build to where now Ole Miss is trying mm-hmm. to be nationally relevant every single year. They're picked to finish eighth in yeah. the SEC. But you look at this roster, they have the potential, like last year, to finish much higher than their projected ranking. They were 14th in the preseason last mm-hmm. year, finished seventh. They're picked eighth. Probably mm-hmm. could finish in the top five. The SEC strong, but Ole Miss basketball wise, do you think they got another shot to make the NCAA tournament make a run? Well, absolutely. I mean, I mean, Kermit is a great coach for one. I mean, you can never count his teams out. I mean, just look, you just look at his body of work. Um, then you, you know, you got you got uh, Brian, you got Tyree and Schuler, who are veterans that have been there. And it's when you have backcourt of veterans, um, you, you you can always rely on those guys to be able to lead you. Um, and you know, I feel, Ole Miss, I feel like we always finish higher than we're picked. I know we were picked seventh and we won the SEC championship. That's so right. I always think when it, whenever we're picked a little lower, I think that's going to be a good sign for things to come. I forgot about that. Y'all were picked seventh and won the SEC tournament championship. Mm-hmm. The reason I remember that was because, uh, the team I'm coaching now got picked seventh and I was like seventh. And I was like, hold on, let me go look this up. And I saw we were picked seventh, and so you know I was able to use that as motivation. I'm like, hey, look, guys, we were picked seventh, and we won the SEC. So why can't we do the same thing? The only disappointing thing about you now being an assistant coach, and everyone's happy for you because you're one of the most popular, if not the most popular, basketball player to ever play at Ole Miss, is that you were in the crowd at pretty much every major Ole Miss basketball game for like four straight years. And now you're going to have obligations. You're, it's going to be hard for you to get to Oxford or Nashville or wherever Ole Miss is. Yeah, I know. Um, I think they, I think the the close they play at Florida <laughs> of all places. They play at Florida. We're a couple hours from Gainesville, and uh, I think 
I couldn't remember if we had a day off or something, and I would, would love to go try and catch that game. But, um, and I mean, Oxford's like, it's like an eight hour drive. I'm always seem to be eight hours away from Oxford, <laughs> whether I'm on the east, on the Eastern side or the Western side of it. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, it would be tough. I, I you know, I, I really enjoyed, um, I mean, I want to go to every Ole Miss event that I possibly can, you know, regardless of whether it's basketball, you know, football, baseball, you know, anything like that, um, would be anytime there's something going on, you know, I, I want to go. Um, I love being a part of Ole Miss. And now that I'm coaching, I hope to, you know, one day be a part of Ole Miss as a coach, you know, I think, and, uh, that's a, that's definitely like one of my top, very, very top goals would be to get back to Ole Miss, you know, for that. And, uh, that may take some time, you know, and, and some work and, and that's okay. But I still always am trying to be around, the university as much as I possibly can. Football's a little tough this year, though, Marshall. Have you been watching? Oh, man, I thought we were – I was like, well, maybe we'll beat Auburn every week. I'm like, well, maybe we're going to win. Maybe this is the night. You know, maybe maybe LSU beats Alabama, and then we just ruin their season. <laughs> I always have that great – I always go into the game thinking the best. And, uh, yeah, I mean, I, I think everyone, everyone knew it was going to be rough. Um uh, but you know, Coach Luke's done a great job doing what he can. Uh, obviously, now, but now that we're back, now that we're back in the in the field of play, and we can make the bowl games, I'm interested to see what we do over the next couple of years. Um, you know, win, lose, or draw, I will always be cheering, always be, you know, tailgating <laughs> before the Rebels games. So uh, whether that's in my apartment on my couch or at the actual <laughs> game, so uh, that's I mean that's what another thing about that I was so blessed about to go to Ole Miss is now that I have, I have a family in in an SEC school that I get to root for every year, (laughs) every week. So uh, it's great. I love it. Just to think it was three, four years ago that you and I were celebrating sugar bowl Eve together at a bar in new Orleans. And now we're just hoping upon hope that Ole Miss can win a game. Yeah. You know, it's okay. It was worth it. (laughs) I was, I was like, you know, uh, I had a grand old time down in New Orleans. And I'm pretty sure that everyone else did. Um, we were so the, the coach I worked for. He's a huge Florida State fan. He's from uh, Chipley, Florida, uh, which is kind of close down here. But he is like diehard Florida State football, and uh, they're going through a rough time. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> maybe even rougher than what we're going through at Ole Miss. I was like, you know, we're we're kind of past our rough. Patch. you know we're now we're we're kind of on the back end of that you know things are just getting started for them and uh uh you know it's he was telling me about uh because I was, I was we were talking about wins and losses i was like yeah i was, like, I was so glad we won the sugar bowl because you know it wasn't the cheapest of trips <laughs> i wanted it to be a grand expensive trip and i'm just once when we won that made every dollar worth it and he goes yeah well we, he, he told me a story. So when Ole Miss played Florida State in Orlando a few years ago to open up the college football season, um, he was there, and he said he was like, because Ole Miss started up like twenty-one to zero on him or something. It, it was a, it wasn't looking good for Florida State. And he said they went into the into, a, into the bathroom, and there was a bunch of Florida State in there and people, 
and this this old miss father and like little son, probably eight years old, walk in, and the son goes, "Daddy, I thought you said Florida State was good." <laughs> and he he said everyone turned and looked at that little kid, and he said he was thinking to himself, "Man, if I if I took he goes, I took my kids to Disney World the day before. We stayed in a nice hotel. If I came all the way here for a loss, I spent all this money. This is gonna be the worst." vacation ever and then they came back and won and he was like man when they won every dollar was worth it (laughs) and Ole Miss was up so much in that game yeah I was like well we're going to the national championship yep (laughs) after the first quarter and then Ole Miss does what Ole Miss does and lost that game and everything went to hell I think our defense was hellacious that year if I remember correctly we were losing games like 50 to 40 it was entertaining (laughs) <laughs> as a spectator it was highly entertaining every week but yeah it was, it was it seemed it was tough oh before i let you go what happened with the old miss team in the basketball tournament twice now oh yeah they did another old miss team <laughs> well i mean all i saw was that chris was on the team i thought you were on the second team i know you're on the first team but twice old miss put a team yeah, together no, I, gave, I gave up playing in that tournament because i was always putting teams together and then i just couldn't get full commitments from everybody uh, whether it was coming or, or playing hard. <laughs> so I was like, you know what? I'm tired of, I'm tired of just doing this. I'm going to go be coach and then I'm going to make my own team. That <laughs> <way>. <laughs> so uh, that's what I did. Yeah. The problem with the tournament, when you put all alphas on one team, you, Chris, Tariko, whoever, you're all going to try to take the shot. Oh yeah. The year before when we had Chris Warren on our team, um, before the Ole Miss team, when I had like, couple guys from Arkansas, a couple of my junior college players, um, like uh, Mike Bruzewitz, who guarded me when we played Wisconsin. Uh, we knew, because you, like, you can, like, make the player's salary. I made Chris Warren the highest-paid player. And I was like, look, if there's 10 seconds left and we it's a tie game or we're losing or whatever, Chris Warren's taking the last shot. I don't care what any of you say. He's taking the last shot. I thought that would be the smartest play. Get the ball to Chris Warren and let him win the game for you. So what would be your advice then? If Ole Miss gets a game away from the Sweet 16 like y'all did, would you say Hadim C. blocked the shot like Reggie didn't? Or would you just say, Brian, you've got to be the one to take the final shot? What's the most important piece of advice to break through and go to the Sweet 16? Oh, it's got to be... It's got to be Brian's got to take the last shot. <laughs> you know me, I'm always going to be like, it's about the last shot. <laughs> yeah. And uh, that's what that that's what's funny about that is like the guy I work for, Coach Cruz. He he always says that he goes, "You want the last shot." So I think that yeah, it comes down to the last shot because Reggie may have missed the block. I don't know how the one the one block in his entire life that he ever missed. Uh, if we would have made a half court shot, we won. <laughs> so he's about making the last shot. And no, Derek Millinghouse, bless him. No, Derek Millinghouse taking important shots late well he can he makes it he made one yeah no one can ever take that he away made from him. one and yeah. it was a big one it was <laughs> it was big he's marshall henderson thanks for it doing was... this man i appreciate you and nothing but the best moving forward got nothing but love for you we'll talk again thank you thank you that was all-time Ole Miss great Marshall Henderson. This is Talk of Champions. I'm Ben Garrett at Spirit Ben on Twitter. He's Colin Brister in the guest co-host chair. At Colin Brewster, you can check him out on the Ole Miss Spirit, where he contributes time to time. 
and also three times a week with Brian Scott Rippey on the Rebel Report. Just simply search iTunes, SoundCloud, and you'll find their podcast there, just like you will Talk of Champions. And when you do go rate review Talk of Champions in iTunes, make sure it's five stars. I don't care what you say, as long as it's five stars, you've done your job. Talk of Champions is powered by BNA Bank. Reason number 12 to bank at BNA. We are the bank for Northeast Mississippi. We have one home, Northeast Mississippi. Seeing this local Northeast Mississippi economy thrive and helping the people of our area with their borrowing needs is our only focus. From buying a home to starting your own business, we are the team of local lenders standing ready to make your dreams a reality. BNA Bank. We are the bank of Northeast Mississippi. Member FDIC, an equal housing lender. Back with me now is Colin Brister. This is Talk of Champions. My thanks to Marshall Henderson, former Ole Miss basketball player, good friend of the program, now assistant college coach, Marshall Henderson. I bet he's going to be a dynamic recruiter. Oh, he's already cocky about his recruiting ability. (laughs) He believes in Marshall Henderson, the recruiter, and I do too. Yeah, he's going to be a dynamic recruiter. Just pull up his YouTube. You heard him. (laughs) It's impossible not to like Marshall. Ole Miss basketball opens its season Friday night. Going into this game, your thoughts about Ole Miss basketball? We touched on it a little bit. I said you need to temper your expectations if you're an Ole Miss basketball fan. But from the outside looking in, what are your thoughts? Look, like we said, I think this is the NCAA tournament team. I think they're going to take a little time to gel. I think it's possible they drop you know, maybe some early season games and the fan base gets in a little bit of a tizzy. But I think you're going to look up at the end of February and this team's going to be solidly in the NCAA tournament. That was my favorite thing last year, kind of off topic for a second, was uh, Ole Miss was always in the NCAA tournament. Like, they were never even considered on the bubble. But because Ole Miss fans had been through hell, they couldn't believe it. Like, they were just like, how are we going to screw this up? Um, but I think you're going to look up on February 28th or 29th. you got a leap year this year that uh, I think they'll be solidly in the tournament, eight or a nine seed, and maybe play their way into six or seven. Every time Ole Miss lost last year, fans would go, oh, well, there goes the NCAA tournament. And I kept saying over and over, and I felt like I wrote it in every game story. And I'm not going to do the 247 after every basketball game this year. That just, that was tough. I think I'm going to do a notebook like I did after the Mississippi College exhibition. But every time I had to write, that's not true. These are the numbers. This is how they're weighing NCAA tournament resumes. This is what they're considering. And it didn't matter. Ole Miss fans were still, oh, Ben, you're just a hummer. No, no. They were firmly in the tournament. They did enough. I'd still believe if they lose to Missouri, they still get in. Maybe it's the last four. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> They're still. That's what's crazy. Everyone's like, oh, well, you got to win one in the SEC tournament to get in. No. Now, I think winning in. at Missouri, had they lost that game, there might have been a little bit of concern, but not really. They would have played in Dayton, maybe, at worst. They may have wanted to try it, not gotten an eight or a nine seed. Of course, like we said earlier, that team was so gassed by the time they showed up in Columbia that morning that it wouldn't have mattered. At the end of the year, if it's not Brian Tyree, who is Ole Miss's player of the year? Oh, see, I'm not even going to say it's Brian right now. Like I think it's Devontae Shuler. Um, I kind of thought he was the player of the year last year, as good as TD and Brian were. I don't think that team is what they are if, if Shuler's not able to handle the point guard position, and I kind of feel that way this year. Who leads Ole Miss in rebounding? Uh, Hadeem C. K.J. Buffin. That's not a bad pick either. K.J. was a monster. It's Mississippi College. But K.J. was Ole Miss basketball on Monday. I feel like he's right there on the doorstep of a huge sophomore jump. Yeah, I'm with you. Kermit got after Luis a little bit. 
He wasn't happy. Luis had a tremendous scrimmage against Texas, was the best player on the floor. Everything I've heard was that kind of was feeling himself for a couple of days, <laughs> went into that Mississippi College exhibition, tried to play outside of himself, and that's why you heard Kermit talk about got away from his identity. His identity needs to be twofold. One, he has to defend, and he was constantly getting beat by right-handed drivers. And two, he has to be a strong rebounding wing, and he's been that way all offseason. But if he's not going to do that in games, if he's going to settle for perimeter shots, if he's not going to be engaged defensively, he's not going to start. And Kermit straight up said that. I'm curious to see if Luis is in the starting lineup against Arkansas State because he did himself no favors in the exhibition, but maybe it's more about Kermit sending him a message that, yeah, you've done great, you've done well, but you hadn't earned anything yet. Yeah, you might want to practice well Wednesday and Thursday. Yeah, just (laughs) practice your ass off. You didn't do yourself any favors. Newcomer of the year will be who? Austin Crowley. I like that kid a lot. I uh, actually covered him when I was working at West Point. I like that kid a lot, but – I think he's going to be a star, man. I think he may be a kid that he doesn't finishes he doesn't finish all four years at Ole Miss. I think he might be a two and done kind of guy. Yeah, yeah, he's really, really good. <laughs> confident too. I love confidence in basketball players. You heard the most confident player ever in Marshall Henderson on this podcast. Oh. Crowley's not that, but he believes in himself and he knows the talent. And I, I, I'm with you. I think he's going to be. If tremendous. he defends like I think he can, he's he's going to play in the NBA to me. Oh, he's an NBA player. No doubt. It's polishing his game, the all-around aspect of his game. If he gets some polishing and a little bit of development under Kermit Davis, which he will, he's going to be dynamic. An NBA player, no doubt. Matthew Morrell makes his decision, his college decision, on Saturday. He's a four-star guard, Ole Miss's top remaining priority for the fall signing period, which is in, like, what, a week? Yeah. It's a week. It opens in a week. Ole Miss has one scholarship available. This is what I know. If Ole Miss doesn't get Matthew Morrell on Saturday, they're probably going to sit back and wait till the spring signing period. They're in on Kobe Elvis. They like him a lot. He's a kid from Canada. But I don't know if they'd feel like they necessarily needed to pull the trigger right now on him. Yeah, and it feels like – I was talking to somebody about this the other day. It feels like Kermit likes his team too because I I assume Joyner is going to take – the scholarship that Brian's gonna gonna open up. I don't know if Kermit just. I mean, look, they're gonna take talented players like Morrell and whatnot, but I don't think they're just gonna take a body to take a body where they have to, you know, process somebody either. Kermit's told me that on and off the record. He likes his team, and he wants a year of evaluating his team. Carlos Curry started on Monday. Now he did that because Hadim C was in concussion protocol from Friday till Monday morning when he was cleared. Carlos did not have a good game. No. But he's going to get minutes. He's going to get playing time this year. You got to see what you got in Carlos Curry. You got to know. Franco Miller, same thing. Can he carve out a role? Bryce Williams started slow, played really well. Bryce Williams is positioned to be the backup point guard, but they've wanted it to be Franco for two years. Yeah. But you got to see Franco. You got to see Carlos. He likes what he has. And don't forget, Sean Robinson was a 2020 recruit. He reclassified to 2019. He's on campus in the strength and conditioning program of Riley Allen, which is without a doubt one of the best in the SEC. Did he get to play Tuesday? I knew it wouldn't count against his redshirt. No, no. He's going to completely redshirt. He's going to sit and get his body bigger. Sean Robinson is a part of the 2020 class. You're getting him for next year, but you're getting him after a year of development and not in high school. And that's a big deal. So if they don't sign anybody on Wednesday, if they miss out on Morrell, don't freak out. They're going to wait and evaluate their options in the spring. 
which would include certainly the grad transfer market. Sure. Yeah. I've heard that it's down to Auburn and Ole Miss from Morrell. It's not going to be Texas. It's not going to be Vanderbilt. It's either Auburn or Ole Miss. And as of today, I'd say Ole Miss. And those things can change at the drop of a hat. So. I have felt for a while that it was Auburn, but today, yeah, I'm feeling Ole Miss. Alabama or LSU, man? <sighs> I won't believe LSU beats Alabama until it does. That's fair. Six and a half points is a big, bigger line than I expected, though. Shocking line. Yeah. You can put $100 down on LSU and win 200 That was That was surprising to me. If LSU beats Alabama, and assuming that it goes to the playoff and gets to the national championship, it seems prime to get beat by whoever it faces in the championship game. Yeah, I think Ohio State is is the best football team in the country. I don't. I'll be honest. I don't think anybody is going to compete with them in the Big Ten, and I think they're going to kind of win the playoff with relative ease if they play at the level they are. And they're they're a juggernaut, man. They're as good as some of these Alabama teams have been. Who's your top four right now in college football? Um, I said last night before, I, w- I would have gone Ohio State, LSU, Alabama, Penn State, Clemson. So about what they had it. I think Clemson is very good, and I think they're going to make the playoffs. I think Clemson's just bored. They get a, they get a bad rap for not playing anybody, and I get that. But, man, they're just kind of bored right now. And you can't blame them. No, I mean, they're going to win. They're going to be 13-0, and 0, and they're going to show up as the two or three seed, and we'll see what happens. I think the playoffs could be really fun. The question is, will a one-loss LSU or Alabama be able to get into the playoff considering how strong the pool of potential playoff teams will be? I would lean no right now. Um, I guess Georgia fits. Well, Georgia with one loss would be the champion, so they would be in. Georgia's Um, not getting into that playoff. Well, I don't disagree, but if they win out, they will. And they're going to win out besides the SEC title game. They're losing the SEC title game. Sure, I don't disagree. I'm just, I'm just saying, if they were to win, they would get in. Um, yeah, LSU is going to, or Alabama, light them on fire. Yeah, so <laughs> not gonna work. Jake Fromm's not going to have a good day. Somebody at Georgia decided that they wanted to keep Jake Fromm over Justin Fields. That's a thing that they decided to do. But uh, yeah, I, mean, I don't think the loser of this game can get in. Frankly, I think that you've got two stronger candidates in Oregon, uh, Oklahoma, uh, Penn State, maybe or Ohio State. I just, I don't see it. Don't sleep on Jalen Hurts in Oklahoma. No, I know they lost that game, but they're not going to lose again. Jalen Hurts sneaky great this year. You know, he got better the year he didn't play at Alabama. Well, Lincoln it, Riley's also the quarterback whisperer. You kind of want him in Dallas, don't you? Hell yeah. <laughs> him or uh, Matt Rule? No, 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 Lincoln no Riley. Rules? You okay. know where Lincoln Riley would be perfect? It's obvious. Cleveland. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Boy, they're struggling right now. They're going to fire a coach before he finishes the whole season. Well, Freddie Kitchen sucks. Yeah, I'm, I'm with you. Do you think uh, you think if Dallas doesn't win this division that uh, they make a move this year? Jerry and Stephen Jones love them some Jason Garrett for reasons yeah. that just escape me. His grandbaby's starting at Arkansas this weekend. Oh, man, did you hear what Chad Moore said after that? No, I didn't. <laughs> okay, so... The media there for Arkansas asked him to evaluate the Jones kid <laughs> after the loss to Mississippi State, if he did some good things, whatever. And he said, uh, yeah, kind of, but we had to simplify so much. Just a straight-up shade thrown at this kid about how, yeah, he wasn't worth playing. He's not any good. 
think Ole Miss eventually winds up uh, regretting not offering the Jefferson kid. KJ Jefferson wants to transfer here right now. <laughs> That's true. That's not um, speculation. KJ Jefferson wants to transfer to Ole Miss. You're Ole Miss. I'm not in the business of telling him no. But if he didn't start over there, over Jerry Jones's kid. Well, look, I'm going to be quite honest with you. I don't trust Chad Morris. I don't trust that he's not the best quarterback, and they're just sitting him on the bench trying to redshirt him. Where does Arkansas go in the offseason? Oh, God. If Ole Miss doesn't make the move, you, you go get Norvell, right? Yeah, probably. Somebody's taking that plunge this year. Yeah, and they'll deal with all the media crap that comes out, and I figure it'll be fine. Yeah, it'll be fine. And he'll win there. That's a good fit for him. He's from there. He yeah. played at UTA. I don't know if he's from there, but he played at Central Arkansas. It's a good fit. Yeah. <sighs> he's Colin Brister at Colin Brister. If you haven't already, subscribe, rate, review, talk of champions and iTunes. And when you do, please leave a five-star review. You can say that I suck. I truly don't care. Just make it five stars, and you'll be doing me a favor. Thank you for that. I'm right for the Ole Miss Spirit. OmaSpirit.com and affiliate of 247 Sports. Listen to the Rebel Report with Colin Brister and Brian Scott Rippey. God, that name sucks. I don't disagree. I told Rippey to change it, and he was like, oh, give me some suggestions. I gave him a ton. My favorite being the show up north. He was like, oh, well, you know, I don't want to be associated with it. But Rebel Report? <laughs> we just name it Ole Miss News. Yeah. What are you doing? Thank you for doing this, my friend. My thanks to Marshall Henderson, former Ole Miss basketball player, one of the greatest of all time. Let's do it again, buddy. Absolutely.